Hi, this is Amanda Scarlatti from Saparito Kitchen, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and the confidence that will move the needle forward in your business. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you're listening to episode 286. Today, Amanda Scarlatti is going to teach us how to batch content and work and why this is a good method for food bloggers. Amanda is the chef, writer, and photographer behind Saparito Kitchen. She provides tasty seasonal homemade recipes that are designed to inspire others in the kitchen. Amanda shares her passion for food that she's had since she was a kid. With over 15 years in the food business, Amanda now strives to help others to develop that same passion. Amanda, thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks, Megan, for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. This is your first podcast interview, and it's yes. really great. You just shared <laughs> with me. Uh, we want to hear your fun fact, though, before we dig into this topic. Yeah, definitely. So, my fun fact is I am deathly afraid of heights. Like, very, very afraid of heights. Even like sometimes being in a two or three story building and looking out <laughs> of the window really scares me. So um, I know you're like a big skydiving fan. <laughs> I actually, I actually have gone once and I will <gasps> never do it again. It was like a conquer my fear situation. It was horrible and I hated oh, it, but I no. did. <laughs> so yeah. I am so sorry that you hated it. That <laughs> I, it's okay. I that just makes won't me be doing sad. it again like yeah. you. <laughs> That's okay. So do you, does this stem from something in your past or why do you think you have this great fear? I don't know. It's always, I, I mean, since I can remember, like my dad used to work in like a high rise building downtown. And I remember we would go visit him up there and I couldn't get close to the window because it would just really freak me out. So I now living in Utah, even when we go skiing, like I, it's really difficult for me to go like on the ski lifts or anything like Aww. that. So. I'm sorry to hear yes, that. It's okay. <laughs> There's a lot of height in the world. I mean, it feel I feel like any pretty much anything you do, you're going to be looking down a lot, you know, like just riding a chairlift or going up in an elevator. So, it's good know. exposure therapy for me, I there guess. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I like that positive spin. Um, okay, so this topic that we're talking about today is one of my favorites. I preach this all the time. I think there's so much power in batching content. It's just like so powerful. But once you actually do it, there is so much power in it. So I'm excited to get your thoughts on it today. So you are a busy mom and you have a busy blogging business. And I imagine that staying on top of everything and staying organized is maybe a challenge, but you've tapped into batching in order to just get a handle on everything. So why don't you just talk to us about that? Like how you kind of have a busy life and how you saw the need to dig into batching? Yeah. So I, um, 
stay at home with my four kids who range in ages from two to 15. So as you can imagine, there's all sorts of activities and running around. My husband is also uh, an emergency room nurse. And so he obviously stays very busy right now. And so when I decided to dive into this business and say, you know what, I really want to take this um, seriously, you know, it started kind of as a hobby, which I think it does for a lot of people. Um, I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to stay organized? And by nature, I'm very kind of schedule oriented. I, I, that's how I manage things well. And having a lot of, you know, four kids, that's kind of how I have to manage my life. And I remember just struggling, just trying to figure out how I was going to do this. You know, I was like, okay, I've had this little bit of time now. What do I work on? And that was always my my frustration is like, okay, I have an hour. Now what? And I felt like there was so much to do. And I remember hearing it, um, you know, on different podcasts and from people, this batch contenting. And I was like batching your content. And I was like, well, what is that? You know, how, how would that help? And it kind of scared me a little bit, you know, <laughs> planning ahead and, and, and kind of doing everything at once. And, but Honestly, like you said, once you get into it, I don't know how I ever survived without it <laughs> because it just, it really helps you focus. For me, it's really easy as a blogger, you wear so many different hats, you know, it's not just making the food and taking a picture of it. There's so much behind that as you sure, I'm sure you understand. And so it's easy to just kind of go down the rabbit hole sometimes. And, and so it helps me to stay on task and say, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Today I am shooting all of my content for next week or two weeks or whatever that is. And then tomorrow I'm working on you know, editing all of that content. And so it, it just helps keep me on track and, and focus. And, and it's a lifesaver because otherwise I feel like I would just be all over the place and not feel it, feeling like I was accomplishing anything. Oh my gosh. I so hear you on all of this. And I don't know why, maybe I was just like subconsciously prepping for our chat today, but I was thinking about this this morning, how a lot of people avoid it, I think, because it can be really painful because it's not easy, right? Like if you decide that you are going to say like cook five recipes on Monday um, and then you just like you get in it and you're like, wow, this is a lot of work, like going to my photography station, taking the photos, then I have to clean the dishes. It's hard. And it's a even long day. <laughs> it is a long day. And even if it's not in the kitchen, even if it's writing blog posts, it's still like you get to the end and you're done with writing or whatever task you're deciding to do. So I think that's maybe why people avoid it because it's it's hard work. Like it really takes some effort and determination and like stamina to get through it. But when you do, oh my gosh, it's like you have saved yourself so much time in the future that you, you know, that you can use for other things. So I just wanted to point that out. Like it is, it is hard work. We have to acknowledge that. It is. And it requires a lot of preparation, you know, and planning ahead of time. So if you're a person who maybe struggles with that, then I can see where that would be overwhelming. Um, but it it also, once you get into it, it just, it, it flows naturally and it works. And you, I feel like you provide 
or you do better work because you're not jumping from thing to thing. You know, I heard someone say someone some time that it takes you 20 minutes for your brain to kind of get into the groove of things. So if you're constantly running around and, you know, doing this for 10 minutes and this for 10 minutes, you're really not giving your full attention to it. So when you batch your content and say, okay, this is what I'm doing the whole day, it really gives your brain a chance to like get into it and, and get into the mode of it and, and do your best work. At least that's what I find for myself. Flow, right? It's like yeah. once you hit that flow with whatever task you're doing, you want to stick with it. You don't want to keep changing gears. Um, that's more energy. At the end of the day, you're going to be more tired. So tapping into the flow and sticking with it. So what do you recommend for people who are like, yeah, I don't prep well or I don't plan ahead well and that's why they're avoiding it? Do you have thoughts for them as far as like how to navigate that? Yeah, I think it's just to take it a little bit of a time. Don't feel like you have to come up with this grand, perfect schedule that everything is planned out. You know, sometimes it's you just have to start somewhere and say, okay, Monday, I'm going to do my keyword research. It's something that I don't struggle with maybe or have a hard time getting into. So Monday, I am going to research keywords for the next two weeks. And that's all I'm going to focus on, you know, and start small like that and say, okay, and then the next day, I'm going to, you know, work on writing my drafts, you know, and to me, it was it was what I did is I wrote out a list of all the daily tasks that I accomplish and what they need to be done. Some of them were weekly, some of them were monthly. I wrote them all out and said, okay, what do I have to accomplish? And then I looked at them and said, okay, this kind of takes me X amount of time. This kind of takes me X amount of time. And then I divided it up in a flow during the week that worked for me. So I know that you know, when I first started doing this, my kids were homeschooling on Fridays. They were had a virtual Friday. So those were my days that I tried to not do as much because <laughs> I knew my limitations. And so those are when I do kind of the mindless tasks, something that's maybe a little bit easier. And so kind of looking at the schedule and, and planning it out that way and saying, okay, this is what I am able to accomplish and starting small. And as you kind of get into the groove of it and after a few weeks and you'll say, okay, I can actually do more on this date or I really need to do this later in the week because I'm not ready, you know, to edit all these photos and I, there's some other stuff I have to do or whatever it is. So some of it's trial and error, but just starting out small, you know, writing that list of your tasks and then trying to group them together, how it makes sense for you time-wise and, and work-wise. And is that how you go about each week? Do you sit down before the week starts and go through everything you need to do? Or how do you typically plan a week? Well, I usually, I have now pretty much a schedule that I stick to. Um, so on Mondays, I do a lot of keyword research. I do my first drafts on my blog post kind of doing all that prep to get me ready. And then the following day is kind of what I call my admin day where I say, okay, I've got a shoot coming up. I'm going to get my shoot list ready. I'm going to make sure I know what props I'm going to need, what ingredients I'm going to need. Um, is there anything I need to get? Um, you know, and that to me, have doing that after my keyword research is key because there might be something that changes in a recipe or something that I want to highlight. And if I shop beforehand, then I might not have that stuff. And so then I also do, you know, counting and, and that sort of stuff. And then Wednesdays is when I do my shoots. So I do 
any video that I have or um, photography, that sort of thing. Um, then Thursday is like my editing day and finalizing my blog posts. And then Friday, um, I kind of clean up and finish all the stuff that I didn't finish through the week and then schedule my social media out for the following week. So I kind of have that like skeleton of what I do, you know, the general days every week. But on Fridays, I look ahead to the next week and think, okay, you know, for instance, I have this podcast coming up, so I'm going to need to prep for that. Or I've got a client meeting, so I need to make sure I have X, Y, and Z done for that. And I'll, um, I use Google Calendar. I live and die by that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, so, so it has all my schedules on it, and I do tasks. So I have my basic tasks that I set up as recurring tasks. So, you know, like I was saying, the Monday keyword research, I have that on there and for every day. But then there's things that I will add on, you know, specific things that come up during the week, whether it's a proposal or a specialty event or something like that. And then um, that's how I, I stay on track. You know, every morning I look and say, okay, these are all the things that I need to get done um, and just go out at the best that I can rearrange as needed, right? And I like that you oh keep gosh, Fridays yeah. <laughs> open too. I think that's such a good, um, just a good piece of advice for other people too, to leave a day at least where you kind of have wiggle room to tidy up things that you've started or to do those things that come up that you didn't plan for. I think that is so huge. Has that just been a life changer for you? Yeah, definitely. Because you know what? I- I could probably count on one hand the weeks that went perfectly and I got everything (laughs) done, (laughs) maybe one finger. Um, So, you know, things come up, you know, and you just have to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have to push this off to the next day, you know, because, which is nice when you own your own business, you work from home, you have that flexibility, but um, having those tasks on the calendar kind of keeps me honest. So I don't forget about things and I'll say, okay, this is something I can just push off. And so having that Friday, I, I know that things are going to come up. And, and so I, that's purposely why I schedule myself lighter on Friday is to kind of clean up, you know, if the kids are home for a virtual day or whatever, then I'm not stressing out. Like ah, I have all this stuff I got to get done, you know? And just to point out, this is a process. I don't want anyone to listen and feel like they have to get this perfect and they maybe want to start batching and you've got to just nail it the first week. It's such a process and you, you know, you can try it for the first week and the first couple of weeks and just see what works and see what doesn't work and just keep um, like tweaking the process. Right. Absolutely. It's a, it's, I mean, I still do it to this day. I mean, I, the other day I just thought, you know what, maybe I need to change my shoot day to Thursdays instead. I mean, it's constantly a thing and your life is going to change. We just got a new puppy this weekend. And so (laughs) rearrange my schedule again and say, okay, how do I go at this now? And, and so it's just, you know, don't get so siphoned into the thought process of that. No, I have to do this this day. You know, give yourself a little bit of grace and understand that things come up and, you know, you just got to, you got to tweak it and it's not something you're going to nail the first week. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that it's going to evolve over time. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I think that's really important to point out because we do not want you to feel like you need to be perfect because really there is no such thing with this. It's always, like you said, Amanda, it's always evolving. You're still learning and tweaking as you go. 
Food bloggers, let's take a really quick break from the episode to chat about Rank IQ for just a minute. My favorite keyword research tool that is made just for bloggers. One of the goals I have set for my food blog for 2022 is to triple my blog traffic. How the heck am I going to do this? You might be thinking. My strategy is this. For the entire year, I will publish three new non-recipe posts per week to my blog, all of which have been researched and run through the optimizer within Rank IQ. How do I know this will generate a lot of traffic for me? Because I am already seeing results. I recently analyzed the top 100 posts in Google Analytics from the previous month. Within that one month span, I received 35,039 page views alone from content that I had run through the Rank IQ Optimizer. And some of that content first was published seven months ago. Everything else was published between then and now. My traffic in January 2022 was up 25% from January 2021, thanks to this content that I'm creating through Rank IQ. As I produce more of this content and get further into the year, I anticipate that it is going to gain even more momentum and take off in a really good way. Also, all of the non-recipe content I'm writing about in these posts supports my other content in some way. So this could be a positive signal to Google that I'm an authority in certain sub-niches within my blog. Go to rankiq.com to sign up and see for yourself how powerful this tool is. Now back to the episode. Here's something that I run into often and I want to get your thoughts on it. I sometimes have weeks where I just am having an off week or I get really busy or something comes up and all of a sudden I look at my calendar and I see that I've missed so much work that I had batched out that I wanted to batch how do you deal with that? When you don't get work done, do you like rearrange, put it the next week, rearrange your current week? What do you do? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely happened to me. There's things that, you know, kids get sick or something comes up or we came back from vacation and I was having like a severe issue with getting back into the swing of things. Oh, yes. And, um, it, it happens, you know, it's just, it's life. And that's the part that I kind of love about my job is that I have the flexibility to change things. And before I would get so stressed out, I'm a perfectionist. I, you know, very a type personality where <laughs> I like things a certain way. And so that was my biggest hurdle was getting over the fact that, you know what, it's going to be okay. Because to me, it's more important to provide quality work than to just get things done. So if I ever see that my quality is slipping because something's going on in my life, I just need to adjust it, you know, and I need to understand, you know what, maybe I'm not going to get out two posts this week. And I just change my content calendar, shuffle some things around. Um, or, you know, does this really need to be done right now? Can I maybe sneak in a few hours after the kids go to bed? You know, it just having that, that flexibility and understanding that sometimes things happen and, and it's more important, at least it is to me, I think to provide, to put out that quality content than just rushing to get it done just because you need to stay on the schedule. So that's that's so good. That's, it's like a mindset shift, right? I mean, Oh, 100%. (laughs) It took me a while, but yeah, (laughs) right. And it goes back to that perfection thing. Like if we're striving for, perfection, which can never happen, then we're always going to feel that 
pressure and like we're never accomplishing what we want to. But if we strive for quality, I love that. I almost I have all these post-it notes on my monitor that just remind me about things like that. So I might put that up there, just striving for quality. And then you can just kind of wipe your hands clean and be like, well, I'm I've accomplished what I wanted to this week because I provided quality and it, I wasn't perfect. My calendar wasn't I didn't knock everything off of my calendar this week like I wanted to, but it's okay because I provided quality. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I mean, I've had weeks where I have tested a recipe. I've made it a thousand times for my family. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And my daughter comes running through my shoot area and knocks the table over (laughs) and everything goes to the floor. And I just want to scream or cry or both. And because it's like, I I know all that preparation that went into it and (laughs) it's so frustrating. It's like, okay, how can I save this? And it's like, sometimes you just have to walk away and say, you know what? It happens. We're just going to, we're going to push this to next week. We're going to do it again and it's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe next week it'll be better. You'll have learned something and you'll improve it. I always find that, that when there's an accident or something that happens like that and you're in the moment, just so frustrated. But then the next time you do it, you're like, oh, I produced something really good. I don't know if I could have done it that other time. So just trying to look at the positive spins there. Absolutely. I've done that before too. And it's like, oh, well, I'm glad I remade this again because yeah. it looks so much better this time. Or I remembered to do this step. Right. You know? And I mean, right. it doesn't matter how many times I make a recipe, I learn something every single time I do it. And so, you know, sometimes messing up is not a bad thing. Oh, love that. Okay, here's another question. Something that I need to learn from you, Amanda. Um <laughs> How do you know when you need to make a big adjustment in your schedule and when you need to slow down? Because I tend to do this where I I get like a ton done in a week and I'm like, oh my gosh, I killed it this week. Next week, I'm going to do more. And then I put more in my schedule and I get accomplished, you know, I accomplish everything I wanted to. And then I get to the point where I'm just like really burned out and I need to take a step way back and slow down. How do you deal with all of that? Yeah, I... I think it's really easy to get into that mindset, especially when, you know, it's your business and you're your own boss, you know, you don't have somebody else pacing you. And I think it's a constant struggle to be like, I got to be better. I have to be better. I can do this. I can do more. I can do all this. And I kind of got into that um, mindset last fall, um, last end of summer, fall. um, I was really pushing Um, I had just had my audit with Casey in summer and I was like, I have to qualify for Mediavine and I just, I have to start pushing out three recipes a week. I just have to do it. Like this is, I got to get through all all this old content, you know, and I was just going, going, going. And I hit November and I hit a wall and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was so burnt out. I wasn't giving time to my kids. I started seeing, going back to that quality issue you know, things were slipping. I wasn't spending the time. My pictures weren't looking the right that way that I wanted to, you know, I was rushing through my posts and I thought, you know what, this is not worth it. You know, I want to get there, but this is not the kind of work that I want to produce. I want it to be better. And I had to back off and I had to say, you know what, if I don't qualify for Mediavine this year, then I don't qualify for Mediavine this year. But I know I've done my best and I've worked really hard and I backed off. 
you know, speed forward to December 26th and I qualified for media. I was able to apply, which was great, but it really taught me something that I was like, you know what, I, I need to be able to look at what's going on. You know, if my kids are starting to act up because I'm not giving them attention because I'm working all of the time, or if I'm noticing that I'm messing up on, you know, silly mistakes or my pictures aren't exactly what I want to do, then I need to step back, you know, to, again, that quality is more important than quantity. And, you know, in the world of content, I mean, that's the, always what they say. Content is king, right? And you want to be producing your best work. And so I think it's easy to get stuck in that. We got to do as much as we can. And I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. But I just found mentally I couldn't handle it, you know. And I, I think especially when you work from home and you live at home and that's your job too, it's really hard to separate that. So I've made it. Um, just, I don't work Saturdays and Sundays. I don't like, I really try hard not to do that, especially on Sundays. I need those days off. I shut my computer. I put it away. I don't even look at my Instagram barely. Uh, you know, maybe I have something scheduled, but it, giving you that time to kind of separate is, is key for me because I think it will just consume you if you're not careful. I love that you do that. I think it's so hard to do that. Like you mentioned, we work and we live in the same place. So it's really hard to make that distinction between the two. It's like, oh, I can uh, maybe just peek into my email. And it's such a slippery slope, though, when you start doing that. And then for me, over time, I realize, oh, my gosh, I've let myself go back there. And then I have to put the just hammer down again and like give myself some really strict guidelines. But I do the same. I really try to put my work down on the weekends. And I think that helps me so much because you can breathe a little bit. Yes. You can spend time with these people in your house who watch you work all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just necessary, I think. Uh, and everybody works differently. But I love that you do that. Do you have restraints as far as um, like times that you work during the day? Are there limitations that you give yourself for that? I try to stick to, you know, your nine to five schedule. I mean, give or take a little bit, you know, it's every day is different for me with schedules with my kids. And so it kind of looks different for me, but I find like, I used to be like, Oh, I'll just work when they go to bed and I'm exhausted by the, end of the day, you know, you get up early, you've been running around doing all this stuff and it's hard. And I know for some people that works for them. And so I, I think it's m not necessarily a certain time that you need to work, but it's finding what works best for you. You know, if, if working after your kids go to bed or late at night is better for you, then that's what you should do. And I think just trying to find that, um, that flow is important and, and sticking to a schedule, you know, for me, that's, uh, starting work, you know, around nine or nine 30 in the morning and, um, trying to, you know, take breaks to take my kids on walks or, you know, lunch and maybe play a game with them in the afternoon or something like that. Taking breaks for me, you know, if you were working in an office, you would get break time. And so I tried to give myself that time at home and, you know, sitting down for lunch, not just like shoveling food in my mouth, um, trying to type something <laughs> or whatever, you know. And so I, I think just trying to stick to a schedule is makes it a lot easier. And and then, you know, I try to be done by like, you know, three or four o'clock because that's about when my, you know, my youngest is getting home from grade school and or 
not my youngest, but my youngest daughter is getting home from grade school and, you know, they're wanting to talk to you about school and I've got dinner and all this stuff that happens after the fact. And so that's the schedule that works for me. But I think it's just important to kind of, like I said, you know, write those tasks out, look, you know, when is that going to be best for you with your schedule and, and try to stick to it and then just adjust it as you need to. And again, this is a theme here, but perfection, not going in the, into this expecting that you're going to get it perfectly. It's a process. I've been doing this for so many years and I'm still not even close to perfection. I'm constantly tweaking the way I work and the way I plan and just what you were saying, like shoveling food in my mouth sometimes at lunch. And I'm like, wait a second, what am I doing? I need to stop <laughs> and sit down and actually enjoy my food. Maybe if somebody's home, I can chat with them. You know, it's a constant process. Yeah. It never yeah. Ends. I think taking that time for yourself and just understanding that like you're a human being too and you know, you wouldn't want to treat your employee that way. So don't treat yourself yeah. that way. Either. Oh my gosh, that's so true. We treat ourselves, I feel like way worse than more harshly maybe than anyone else, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're our own worst critics. I know. know. That's so true. <laughs> so how do you, how far in advance do you plan your schedule? Do you plan quarterly, yearly? Um, how do you use this whole process that we're talking about to plan ahead, like way ahead? Yeah, I, I try to do, um, I, I probably say that I would do it quarterly is kind of my general schedule. So, you know, the quarter before or whatever I will go in, like right now I'm looking into quarter two and planning that stuff. And, you know, in the fourth quarter of last year, I had planned already out this first quarter, and just kind of looking and saying, right now I'm working through a lot of old content and republishing and updating some terrible posts. And so that's the bulk of my work. But I found that I was getting burnt out on that. And so I've added a couple of new posts in there just for my sanity. Um, so planning that out quarterly, but then reevaluating things at the end of the month for the following month and saying, you know what? I don't know why I wanted to post that in February. It's not a good <laughs> recipe for February or whatever. And adjusting or, you know, if something messes up, adjusting your content calendar. So it's a constant shift, but I do try to plan it out quarterly. So I know what I'm getting into. And then I know that when I'm doing my batch stuff, I know what I'm doing. I'm not like, oh, okay, well, what should I post this week? Or I don't know what to do. It's already done. So it takes that mind work off of, off of my plate. And I already just, it's there and I know. And so I use Airtable, which I know a lot of people do. Um, and I just have a calendar, a content calendar set up and, um, I have everything scheduled in there and I have a production calendar. So we know what days I'm shooting which recipes and also when they're posting and I mean I track a lot of other stuff but that helps me be able to look at it and say okay these are the the recipes that I need to research this week because those are posting in two weeks or or whenever yeah. I love that and I so align with that quarterly planning and like you said things shift they change sometimes but that's okay like having something there to look at and kind of keep you on track and then adjusting as needed as you go through the quarter. I think that's super smart. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I get stuck in this, you know, well, I was going to do this and I was going to do this. And my husband said to me one time, nobody knows that, but you. Uh, <laughs> so I love just, it. <laughs> I'm like, 
yeah, but I know. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes it's, it's hard, but you know, it's like, okay, we'll, we'll get there. Um, you know, I've content for days to go through and stuff that I want to do. It's, I'm not going to run out and it will be okay. There's plenty of weeks to post it. And so wise words from your husband. Sometimes we need an outside perspective that just kind of jolts us in place. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) Good job, Amanda's husband. Um, Do you have any last takeaways? We've covered a lot and I hope that we've really encouraged food bloggers to consider batching and at least thinking through their weeks before they dig into them. Save so much energy. You can get so much accomplished by tapping into that flow. Is there anything that we've missed, Amanda? I don't think so. I think it's just remembering to start small. Um, Don't be too hard on yourself. Give yourself a little bit of grace when things don't go as planned. You know, evaluate what really has to get done and the rest of the stuff can be pushed off to another day. Um, and, And being flexible. Like I said, it's something that's evolving over time. It probably will always be evolving. And so just trying your best and and. I don't know. I always say this, but give yourself a little grace because it just needs to happen sometimes. <laughs> yes. To avoid those bad things, you don't want to get to that point where you're burnt out or you just can't work for a week, you know? So grace is huge. Yeah. It's better to post once a week than post three times a week for a couple months and then not post for two months because you're over it, you know, just find a schedule that works for you. I see so many bloggers that will say, Oh, how much, how often should I post? What's the magic number? And I think you just, I say consistency is more important than quantity, you know, doing that consistent quality. So if that's once a week, then that should be what you should post. If that's four times a week, I don't know how you find that time, but that's great. (laughs) Whatever it is, whatever that magic number is, Find out what is not going to push you over the edge and then just stick with it, you know? Oh, I wrote that down, consistent quality. I think that is so smart and I've never heard those words together before. So love that. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, Amanda, for joining me today. This was such a fun conversation right up my alley and something that I think will really benefit food bloggers. So yeah. thank you for joining well, me. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, Megan. I appreciate it. Yeah, so you've already given us lots of inspiration. You're everything you just said was amazingly inspiring. Do you have extra favorite quote or words of inspiration to share? No, I think just um, remembering that quality, you know, give yourself some grace, provide that quality and uh, don't be your own worst enemy, be your best cheerleader instead. So we will put together a show notes page for you, Amanda. If anyone wants to go look at those or you want to see them, Amanda, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash saparito kitchen. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online? on your blog and on social media. Yeah, um, so my website, uh, the blog address is saparitokitchen.com and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, same places. Um, And I look forward to connecting with you guys. Yay! Well, thanks again for being here, Amanda. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.